Visit the Zoo with your host, author Frederick Fishman. and welcome again to another Visit the Zoo podcast. And my name is Frederick Fishman. I'm an author and creator of the 12-book e-book, print book, audio book, DVD, Visit the Zoo series, as well as this podcast, of course, where we take a look at the animal world and we make an introduction to you to all these fabulous animals. We describe who they are and where they live and what their lives are like. If you want to learn more about Visit the Zoo and everything that we do, you can visit our main website, which is at www.zooanimals.info. That's www.zooanimals.info. And also, we have a recent addition to Visit the Zoo, and that's our new Patreon account with Patreon, where you can help us by giving us your financial support as we try and grow and expand and meet the ongoing maintenance needs of this podcast. If you want to learn a little bit more about what we do with Patreon, why don't you visit us at www.patreon.com slash visit the zoo. That's www.patreon.com slash visit the zoo. Okay, let's get started. Let's take a look at the news of the world when it comes to animals and what's going on. We've got two short stories today and one longer story. And let's start off locally here with, in the Tucson area at least, with announcement of a new baby taper. Uh, Contessa and Tupi are the proud parents of a Baird's taper calf, male calf. They announced it today at the Reed Park Zoo. The calf was born on November the 9th at... 9.03 p.m., and he weighed 25 pounds, according to the news release. The mother, Contessa, has previously been an attentive mother, and we expect she will be the same with her new calf, said Sue Tijuleski, a zoo curator. It is great to see how responsive Contessa is to the whistling and squeaking noises of her calf as she explores her surroundings, Tijuleski said. Contessa is 15 and Tupi is 11, and they are part of a breeding species survival plan. The zoo works in partnership with other facilities accredited with the Association of Zoos and Aquariums to cooperatively manage threatened and endangered species. The Baird's taper, also known as the Central American taper, is native to Mexico, Central America, and Northwestern South America. It is classified as endangered by the International Union for Conservation of Nature. And here's a story uh, that comes from France. France's first baby panda has a name four months after his birth. Chinese dignitaries and French lady Brigitte choose Yong Ming, which fittingly means the realization of a wish or accomplishment of a dream. A naming ceremony held Monday at the Beauval Zoo south of Paris was an important diplomatic moment, but the young male panda had other priorities. Young Ming growled and jumped when zoo director Rodolphe Delord reached over the glass-walled enclosure to offer a pet. First Lady 
Brigitte Macron, who was standing next to Delord, recoiled slightly, but with a smile. Young Meng's parents are on loan to the zoo from China, and the cub will be sent to a Chinese panda reserve when he is weaned. So, those are the first two birth announcements. Now, here's another story, our third story for today in this episode, that kind of echoes what I read about another story like it. I forget the episode number, but it was a few episodes ago, and this is from the Daily Mail in uh, London. And the headline is, A Tiger is on the Loose, Please Vacate the Station. Goes on to say with its subtitle, Escaped Circus Tiger is shot dead by marksmen in Paris after roaming the streets and entering a train station as screaming people fled. A tiger has been shot dead after escaping from a circus in Paris. It roamed the streets, causing intense panic before it entered a train station in the 15th arrondissement of the city. Terrified passengers heard the announcement. A tiger is on the loose. Please vacate the station. One witness said there were people running and screaming. It was a very big and fierce-looking animal. Well, I guess if you come face-to-face with a tiger, it would be fierce-looking. Circus employees initially gave chase with a pole and a piece of meat, but then told police to use live bullets. As an aside here, I want to know, didn't anybody think about bringing a tranquilizer gun to maybe put the animal unconscious and not dead? Anyhow, back to the story. The tiger entered a train station where it posed a threat to rail passengers before armed police arrived and shot it dead. He had entered a railway station leading to its closure, said an eyewitness who lives in the area. There were fears that the tiger would hurt railway passengers around the Gargiano Bridge. That's where he was cornered and then shot dead. The alarm was raised at 5.50 p.m., which would be rush hour, of course, and it would be crowded in the station. Armed police were seen heading to the scene together with the tiger's owners. At 6.10 p.m., the same announcer said, the incident on line T3A is over and traffic has resumed. A spokesman for the Paris police prefecture said, the animal had been neutralized. All danger is gone. It is not yet clear how the tiger escaped. And we now come to a a segment of our podcast that people have written in and said that they really love, and that is the animal sounds quiz. And what we're going to do is we're going to play again three animal sounds, and you can guess what you think they are, and we'll come back later on in the episode and and describe what what these animals are and a little bit about them. So anyway, here we go with our first animal sound. See if you can guess what this is. Okay, some of you probably, if they are roaming around your neighborhood, you probably know what it is. But so let me play it one more time. This is our first animal sound. Here is animal sound number two. think you got a pretty good idea of uh, the disposition of that particular animal at that moment when he was being recorded. And here is animal sound number three. Okay, 
Those are our three animal sounds for this episode. We'll get back later on the episode and we'll tell you about who they are and what they are. And now what I'd like to do is play you a longer description of an animal that we have described in our 120 animal series, Visit the Zoo, in the 12 volume series. This is an animal that really got the whole project of Visit the Zoo launched. This animal, just tell you up front, is the zebra. And the way I got started with this project is uh, my wife and I were at a zoo in Phoenix several years ago. We were in front of the zebra enclosure, then a young mother and her young boy came up to the uh, enclosure and the little boy looked up at his mother and said, Mommy, well, what is that animal called? She thought for a minute and she said, well, it's a, it's a horse with stripes. I looked at my wife and I said, is there anybody on the, uh, quietly of course, is there anybody on the planet that doesn't know that that is called a zebra? I was kind of astonished and I thought, well, you know, maybe there's something here. Maybe I should tell people what these animals are. And so I started with volume number one with the 10 animals and then it kind of evolved and I just kept on writing them. And now here we are with the podcast. But this is why I started the whole project because of this particular animal. So let's learn a little bit about the zebra. We turn away and we are back on our walk around the winding zoo pathway and come to one of the stars of the zoo, an animal standout that is recognizable because it lives in a black and white striped coat. There probably is not one human on earth who would not recognize this beautiful animal, the zebra. The zebra has evolved from the original species over the last four million years. Its current native home is in the southern and eastern Africa. It lives on grasslands, savannas, woodlands, mountains, and coastal hills. They stand about five feet at the shoulder and are about 6.5 to 8 feet long. They weigh 770 pounds, give or take. Their hearing and eyesight are very keen and sharp. They are highly social animals, like to stay in herds with females, staying together in what are called harems. When danger lurks, they huddle together. They can make barking or braying sounds when they feel threatened. They eat mostly grasses, but they also can nibble on scrub brush and even bark. Of course, the big question, why the stripes? Many theories abound with scientists, but here are the most believed theories. The first reason for the stripes seems to be the best. The vertical stripes help the zebra hide in tall grass. Both are vertical, both up and down. You can say, yeah, but what about the vivid black and white color? Won't that stand out from the brown or green grass? Well, their main predator is the lion, and lions are colorblind. When you see zebra, they stick close to one another. They generally huddle together when they eat. That jumble of stripes also seems to confuse predators as to how many zebra there are and in what direction they are traveling. Throughout history, man has tried to tame and domesticate the zebra without luck. But watching them here today at the zoo, we can enjoy watching them socialize, graze, and enjoy the same beautiful day. Okay. 
Okay, it's time to get the answers now about these strange animal sounds that you heard. So let's play the first one again, and then I'll tell you a little bit about it. Well, if you guessed uh, a peacock, you are correct. They are members of the pheasant family. And of course, they're noted for that gorgeous tail that fans out in blue and green iridescent color. You will see one occasionally at a zoo, an albino peacock. They really stand out, of course, from the very colorful peacocks that are have that blue and green tail. And the reason why the the tail is fanned out like that is scientists believe that helps attract the female of the species and of course it's accompanied by that loud call and that fearless behavior that they like to show off to the females they stay on the ground mostly and you can see them roaming freely on zoo grounds and in some neighborhoods they eat mostly plants grains corn and wheat for many generations and over thousands of years they've been great symbols for many historical empires and for many reasons and of course one of the most famous reasons here in the united states is an 11 feather logo is used of a peacock by the national broadcasting company and has been for many years especially when color television was first introduced that is the peacock now let's listen to this next one which could be disturbing if you are in your tent at night, backpacking out in the woods or the wilderness in the southwest, maybe, of the United States, and you hear this sound. If I heard that sound in a tent in the middle of the night with just a very thin piece of fabric between me and it, I would definitely wake up and consider my alternatives for self-preservation. And that, that is a mountain lion. It's known as a cougar, puma, panther, and antimount. They're native to America, but their habitat stretches from Canada to the southern Andes in South America, but mostly in the western United States and throughout South America. They are an ambush predator, and they prefer dense underbrush and rocky areas where they can stalk and pounce on prey, especially from higher rock ledges above that prey. They're 24 to 35 inches tall at the shoulders, and males can be as long as 7 or 8 feet, and males can weigh as much as 115 to 200 pounds. Females can weigh 64 to 141 pounds. They are as large as jaguars, but not as muscular. And they eat anything from insects to elk, deer, and even moose. On the shoreline, if they live there, they go after seals, otters, and other small mammals. Their life expectancy in the wild is 13 plus years and in captivity, 20 years. Moving on, let's go to the third mystery animal sound. Let's play that and I'll tell you a little bit about them. Well, anybody who's been to the shore knows absolutely that's a seagull. And their distribution is omnipresent throughout the entire world. They are distributed worldwide, even in the Arctic, in Antarctica. Just go to any beach and you will see them. They used to be called mews, that's spelled M-E-W-S. But now everybody knows them as seagulls. They're medium to large birds, gray and white, in color or both, and they have webbed feet to help them steady themselves when they're standing on the sand or even at the shoreline. 
They're long-lived, and they can live, which I read this, and I thought, oh, you've got to be kidding. They can live as much as 50 years. They nest in large, noisy colonies, and they thrive in human habitat. Of course, that's where the food is. They're 11 inches tall. They have a wide diet, including human food, and they can snatch food from the water or the land, and they can be very persistent feeders. I've had some crumbs snatched from out of my hands as well from the beaches of Southern California when I used to live there. So that is the seagull, and those are our three mystery animals of the week. We're going to close out this episode of Visit the Zoo with another poem. This is a poem that was written by Bret Hart, and his last name is spelled H-A-R-T-E. He lived from 1836 to 1902. He did write poetry, but he was known mostly for his short story, Fiction, which was about miners, gamblers, and other figures in the California gold rush in the mid-1800s. And that should help give some context for this poem. It's called Coyote. Blown out of the prairie in twilight and dew, half bold, half timid, yet lazy all through. Loath ever to leave, and yet fearful to stay, he limps in the clearing, an outcast in gray. A shade on the stubble, a ghost on the wall, now leaping, now limping, now risking a fall. Lop-eared and large-jointed, but ever and always a thoroughly vagabond, outcast in gray. Here, Carlo, old fellow, he's one of your kind. Go, seek him, and bring him out of the wind. What, snarling my Carlo? So even dogs may deny their own kin in the outcast in gray. Well, take what you will, though it be on the sly. Marauding or begging, I shall not ask why, but will call it a dole just to help on his way, a four-footed friar in orders of gray. And that comes to the end of this episode, 009 of Visit the Zoo. And I want to thank you very much for joining us. We're going to be back again every single Monday. I uploaded a new episode. We're going to have more news, more animal sounds, another full animal description from the 12 book series I've written. It should be a lot of fun, and we're going to try something new every single week. So please join us. We also would like to ask you to please subscribe. If you hit that subscribe button, that will allow you to get notification when we do upload an episode. So you'll be first to know when it comes up. And if you also have a chance, please rate and review. That that would be great. It would much appreciate it. Again, our website is zooanimals.info. That's zooanimals.info. And if you want to support what we do here, at Visit the Zoo, then please visit our Patreon page, which is www.patreon, that's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com, slash, Visit the Zoo. So, till next time, please join us, 
Have a great week. Bye-bye.